Welcome to the Joy in the Journey podcast, a podcast about everyday people sharing everyday journeys. Everyone has a story, and I'm so excited to be highlighting people who share their unique stories about finding joy in theirs. I am your host, Catherine Buckley Tessim. I am a child of the king, firefighter wife, mom of two littles, and an entrepreneur. I love my sweet tea and being a small town Texas girl. Welcome to the journey. Howdy, y'all. Welcome to episode one of the Joy in the Journey podcast. Like my intro said, I'm Catherine Buckley Tessum, and I'll be your host on this podcast that is all about sharing and finding joy in the journey. I am so excited today to welcome my good friend, Will Baggett, to the show. Will is a versatile event management professional. He's an interactive presenter, a contributor to front office sports and collegead.com. He has expertise in events, operations, marketing, content, brand development, and revenue generation. He is also the author of the Blueprint, a best-selling book for a successful career, and the founder of the Emergent Executives Consulting Group. So, Will, thank you so much for coming on and joining us. We're excited to have you. Hey, Catherine. Uh, thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity. I mean, no pressure, right, being the first episode, but uh, <laughs> thank you for the warm introduction and for creating this wonderful platform. It, it, it fits so well with you and your personality and just your, your gift for giving to other people and serving others. So I couldn't be more overjoyed to be on this, on this, on this call with you, and I look forward to the conversation. Awesome. Well, we will um, just jump right into it. And um, what I'd like for you to share with our viewers, because you have such a diverse background, is what is one thing that you had known uh, that you wish you would have known at the beginning of your career? Yeah. So one thing I wish I would have known at the beginning of my career, I would say that relationships are everything. You know, I mean, I, I was taught that. I was told that, but until you really embrace it and understand the power of your relationships, how they can carry you and how you nurture them and how you check on people and take care of people, I don't think I realize the, uh, the gravity of how important relationships are in your life and career. So that's one thing I said, I, I can say that I was, I was blessed to have great mentorship and I was giving a lot of, ins- giving a lot of insight early on. But until you actually experience some things and you see the power relationships and how things work out in your favor, um, then that you really just don't truly understand what it's all about. So I would say the relationship piece was probably the most uh, groundbreaking, well, probably the most eye-opening, and it continues to be one that you know I'm blessed to be a benefactor of, and I try to you know make sure I'm being beneficial to other people by them knowing me as well. Absolutely. And I think one of my favorite stories um, about relationships that I would love for you to expand on is uh, your work with the 2019 college football playoff and um, the, the group, let us know the group that you got to work with um, there at the bowl game and uh, at the national championship. And again, one of the coolest things was what you received afterwards um, as a thank you for building that relationship. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, during my time at the uh, college football playoff, I had an opportunity to work with a lot of external constituents and stakeholders to put on the game. And it was such a great time. Uh, last year we were in, we were in uh, New Orleans and it was it was definitely a different time, a different, you know, different landscape, you know, with fans filled throughout the stands. I mean, it was it was just it was just a wonderful opportunity. And, you know, just working in that environment is fast paced. I mean, you, you really literally work year round for one event. Right. There's no dress rehearsal. You have one opportunity to get it right. And so that's that's that was that was fun. You know what I mean? It's, it's something I was kind of born and bred in, given that I started as a grad assistant at the American Football Coaches Association. And their build up event was a 
uh, an annual convention in January with about 7,000 attendees. You take that multiply times 10, and that's what I was doing most recently. And so, you know, the, the stress of it, it can be exacerbated by when you have unexpected visitors that tell you they may come maybe coming a week prior to. And in this case, it was President Trump. And yeah, so we couldn't, we didn't know, we couldn't confirm it. And there's a lot of classified information attached to it. But, you know, we ended up getting it done and I was in charge of credentialing. So I made sure that every person in the building, around the building, in the championship campus perimeter had the right access to ensure we had a secure event, especially with our special guests coming, right? We can't, couldn't risk, you know, anything happening with him being um, in town. So that added, you know, again, a lot of more, a lot more layers to it, but I was better because of it. And I ended up receiving uh, an award from the White House, um, a communications award from out for outstanding service. And it remains uh, one of my greatest achievements to date. And I'm just so blessed and fortunate to have had that opportunity. That's awesome. And I think that that speaks volumes, you know, for this, the service award. Um, ever since I have known you, you've always been about servant leadership and you lead with your heart, but you're going to do whatever it takes um, to make sure that everyone has a great experience. And, you know, in your intro, I talk a lot about all the successful things that you do. You wrote a book about, um, you know, successful career. And, um, but what is something that you would say is your biggest failure? Because I know for me personally, you know, we've all experienced failures and sometimes that's where you learn the most. So what is your biggest yeah. failure and what did you learn from it? Yeah, I would say, you know, my biggest failure has probably at times um, been in some personal relationships, to be honest with you. You know, ones I won't like go into a lot of detail, but I would say that it was, um, it was, it was a time when, you know, I was so focused on my career, right? Just really just going, going hard and going to the wall to the point where some things have to suffer, right? You know, some, something is sacrificed. And so and not always being present in the moment at times because, you know, always thinking like, okay, what am I going to do next? Like, what am I going to work on next? What's the next thing I'm going to read? What's the next thing I'm going to try to create? What's the next event? Where am I going to go next? And sometimes, you know, it can be neglectful. So for those that are able to manage that effectively, also managing personal relationships and family, I know you did it. You know, you did a lot of that and then you decided to step back from it, you know, to really focus on that more. So that's what I would say that I continue to try to work on and understand, you know, the importance of keeping the main thing, the main thing, because when things go away, all you have is your support system and the people that loved you, they cared about you back when you were working at Walmart and driving Uber and I've done all those things. And so that's what 2020 has taught me among other things. So that's what I would say that I hadn't done the best job in, but I can, I'm aware of it and I continue to try to grow in it and uh, look forward to just continuing to improve in that regard. And I feel like that leads us into the next thing, you know, talking about advice and 2020 has taught everyone the value, like, what do you value and what is important to you, you know, and it took us all um, a lot. Of, I was remote working before 2020, but it took everyone back home and to that family core, to your friends, you know, mm -hmm. and, and seeing like what it, what matters in life. And, um, and so you touch on it a little bit, but, but what advice would you give someone who is looking to, um, I know both, both of us do a little bit on the consulting side mm -hmm. and, uh, we went through and, and had worked for teams and worked for different organizations. And mm -hmm. so what is your advice to someone who's looking to pursue a similar career, um, in the sports industry, but then also building their brand? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the biggest thing I would say, or two of the biggest things I would say are your unique value proposition you have to figure out what you do or what your service offering is that is better than anybody else in the country at least that's how you you have to approach it mentally you know i'm a, I'm a big believer in the book of ecclesiastes it says there's nothing new under the sun 
but things can be improved. They can be innovated. They can be spun, you know, to have a different, a different approach. And so that's what I did, you know, with the executive image and emerging executives, saw something out there, adapted it, put my own spin on it and, and had a different target market, right? A different target group. So the biggest thing I would say is having a unique value proposition, you know, and in my case, you know, there are people that talk about leadership, you know, it can be a dime a dozen, right? But how do you talk about leadership? What engaging or interactive activities do you have to convey what leadership is all about? And what do you become known for? What is your calling card? So when they say professional development in college athletics, I want to be in the conversation, right? That was kind of my goal. I need to be in the conversation. Even if they go in a different direction, I want to be in that top group of people that they, that they call on because that's what I was consistently focused on. That's what all my content represented. And that's what it all, all kind of generated from. So if you look me up on any platform, whether and I use an acronym called LIFTS, L-I-F-T-S, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, you're going to see consistency in what I post and what I care about and what, and what, my, what my, my personal brand is all about. Because it has to be consistency across that board. So if somebody looks you up, they'll know who you are on Sunday, the same person you are on Thursday and Friday. And making sure you keep you know, the content that you need to keep private, keep that private. But you know, understanding, okay, I want to be the best in the country at this thing, at this one thing, and what is that thing? The second thing I would say, consistency. Aristotle once said, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. So what do you do consistently? What are you doing to build that brand? Yes, I've, I've had individuals say, hey, I wanna do what you do. And I heard a guy named, I think Alan Stein, I think is his name. I think he's a professional basketball trainer. Someone said, hey man, I wanna do what you do. And he responded the most clever way I've ever heard someone respond to that question. He said, if you wanna do what I do now, you gotta do what I did 15 years ago, right? And so not knowing the work that people put in, like you see my glory, but you don't know my story and the joy and the journey along the way. So that's the, uh, that's the approach is your unique value proposition. What do you do better than anybody else in the country? And then your consistency with that approach so people know who you are, what you're about, and that they can depend on you for that product or that service. I love that. And um, along those same lines, kind of what resources would you say helped you mm -hmm. understand that most? You know, of course, your relationships that you've already mentioned and your different mentors. Um, were there any other resources that you clung to to say, hey, this is how we're going to do it to, to allow me to be the best in the country at what I do? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's very fortuitous and, you know, all those other oohs words, serendipitous and all the other us words that I can't spell. But, you know, it was just, I had to give it all to God because the only way I was able to kind of learn about executive presence is by walking into a room I wasn't supposed to be in. Right. I happened upon that room and I was like, hey, this is pretty cool. Right. So I just kind of found a way to kind of take some notes in my hand and stay in the background. And I went back and I, I got on YouTube. I watched videos about body language and executive presence. I ordered five or six books about, you know, about how you present yourself, about effective communication. And I just began to study it. I watched a bunch of TED Talks. I learned how the best, how the best became the best, right? If you want to, you know, I think, I think J. Cole said in one of his songs, I studied the greats and the greatest right now. Far from the greatest, but I continue to study those that have, have, have elevated themselves to positions of prominence and are doing what they do and saying like, okay, hey, that's not, my that's not my thing like i'm not tony robbins i'm not six foot whatever with this you know this you know looking like square jaw that's just not me right i have to figure out what works for me and for me it had to be having high energy being really caring and authentic and being engaging and and continuing to to improve that's that was my approach but i would definitely say just again having that hunger for knowledge reaching out to people going to see people or saying you know the biggest thing you can spend 
is your time, not your money, but your time. That's your that's your commodity, right? That's your that's your most precious commodity is your time. Who you spend it with and what you spend it doing. So in talking to people, watching YouTube videos, reading books, and yeah, having those conversations, that's what helped me get to where I am. And that's what's gonna help me get to the next level as well. I love that. You are a lifelong learner, for sure, always a student of the game. And I think that that's something, uh, you know, whenever we work together for the Texas Regional Sports Summit, that it was, I still remember your notebook um, that you had and you knew everything frontwards, backwards, whatever way it needed to come across, you had, um, you had your blueprint and you were going to be successful. And I think that, again, the, um, the iceberg example comes to mind um, that you see this iceberg on top, but what you don't see is the number of TED Talks that you're watching underneath the water, the number of books that you're reading, the number of people and relationships that you're really cultivating. Um, and so I just love that about your journey and, um, and appreciate you sharing that with us. So uh, the, the next thing that I, I would say is, all of the people that you have had the privilege uh, to working with, to talk with, to be mentored by, who would you say are um, three that have influenced you the most? Oh yeah, okay, uh, three biggest ones. So I would have to say Jamil Northcutt, he, he's my first mentor. He's the one that was responsible for me getting my GA ship at the American Football Coaches Association at Waco, in Waco, Texas. Without him, I would have not had the GA ship wouldn't be able to pay for school. I have no clue where I would be in life without him, right? And he's also a consultant. So he, he's, he's been a public speaker for over you know eight or nine years. And so I learned so much from him. And when I found him, he was at Ole Miss working as an administrator. And I didn't know what an athletic director was until my senior year, if that gives you any context. I didn't even know anything about sports administration. I had no clue. And I walked into his office with some sweats and a white thermal on. And I was like, man, I need some help. I don't know what to do with my life. And he put a, a couple of books in my hand. He said, go read these and come back and see me. And the rest is pretty much history. And uh, so Dr. Jamil Northcutt is definitely, uh, first and foremost, someone that I have to pay homage to. Uh, secondly, uh, Ty Brown, my co-author, co uh, whom you know, who came down to the Sports Summit. He was a wonderful mentor to me and continues to be because he literally took me under his wing. Now, granted, I talk about emerging executives and executive image and presence and personal branding. When I got to Waco, Texas in 2012, I didn't own a suit. He took me to get my, my first suit since like Easter, you know, when I was like you know, wearing lime green suits to church, it was embarrassing. But I didn't, I didn't own a suit after that. I just didn't. I mean, from where I grew up, that just wasn't a necessity for me. So he took me like, hey, this is how you should wear your suit. This is like when you get the collar with no buttons and you know, what have you. So he took me step by step. And instead of just, you know, saying, go do this, he really, you know, took me by the, by the arm, took me by the shoulder and said, hey, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to get you coached up. And third, I would say Coach Kaz Kazadi. He's now at SMU, but was at Baylor when I was there. And so my schedule was nuts. I'd wake up at 4.15 a.m., go volunteer coach for him for a couple of hours, and I go to work at AFCA, and I have two classes during the day. I get off work at AFCA when I came back, go back to the weight room, clean up, do it all over again, right? So that was kind of my schedule. And one of the biggest lessons he taught, he taught me was, you know, how to get rid of entitlement, right? Because you know, I had a great upbringing and, you know, things had, you know, gone my way for the better part of my life. And I was very thankful of that. But that's when I first got my first taste of reality and what life can be like and how you have to really earn it and earn your stripes. So long story short, I was what you call a black shirt when I was working in trend conditioning. And that's basically an intern, right? And we did everything from cleaning to vacuuming to scrubbing, you name it, we did it all. And strength and conditioning hours are different. You're talking about five in the morning to 
eight, nine, 10 o'clock at night and don't, not even including gangs and what have you. So long story short, it was that summer and we, you know, we were there, we were running all the route, all, we, were, we had to track all the heart rates of the players and everything. And we had to run with them, we had to run the field like, I was dog tired. So after about two and a half months, you know, I'm getting to look around. I saw like, you know, these, the, the, the staff members had these, these fresh Nike get-ups, right? The fresh Nike gear and, and shirts and shorts and everything. I'm like, I want some of that, right? So I went up to coach. I said, coach, like I've been here for a couple of months now, man. I'm still rocking the starter stuff I got from Walmart. I have to wash it every night because I can't afford, you know, much of anything else. I said, when can I get some Nike gear? He says, when you come back and show me you're the best in the nation at something, you'll get your, you'll get your strike. You'll get your gear. I'm like, man, what am I going to do? Like, you know, how am I going to show him that I'm worthy of doing this? So I became the best bottle scrubber in the nation. That's what I did. We had to, you know, fix the protein for our student athletes after workouts. And when we got done, there would be a residue in there and they'd be dirty. And I'd have my tubs of water and my dish detergent soap and I'd be in it, on it and for it until every bottle was spotless and clean. And that's how I earned my shirt. That's how I earned it. And so I credit those three people for taking me under their wings, for not taking it easy on me, but really just showing me the way and how to be a you know great person and great professional. So that's that's what I would say. Awesome. I love that. And um, every time I hear the water bottle story and uh, being the best in the country, I know um, some of the students that you had spoken to a couple months ago um, when we were last together, it was, you know, what can you be the best at and whatever that is. And, and that's in life, you know, that's in our journey. What can you be the best at? It, it isn't always um, a bottle scrubber, but you know, how can you be the best mom? How can you be the best wife? How can, can you be the best speaker? Um, how can you be the best neighbor? You know, there are so many things in life that, that we have the opportunity to just be kind to people. And, um, and, and that's part of us and that's part of our brand. And, and so I love how, how you explain it and how those people made an impact on your life to help lead you to where you are today, to be able to influence and impact so many more. I think that it, that it's awesome and that, that their legacy, you know, lives through you, which is, um, like Ty says, you know, who, um, who gets to hang your Jersey. Um, and that's something in y'all's book as well, um, that you proudly wear their Jersey. And I, I know that they're proud of you as well. Um, so thank you for sharing about them. Yeah too and uh and and i think that you know moving moving into next um kind of of course going back and forth with with the brands and being with the college football playoff but really the entire time you've always said what can i be the best at um what how can i set myself apart and so what is something that you would share with um with someone else about a common myth that is in our profession um not only in the sports industry but also just in branding in general um and, and with that executive image you know that that you would want to de to debunk if you will yeah yeah i would say you know it's you know we hear it a lot it kind of goes back to relationships you know, you hear oftentimes it's not what you know is who knows you and who you or who you know, who knows you. You hear it, you know, all kind of ways you can twist and turn it. And there's some truth to that. I mean, absolutely. But I mean, you do have to know something, right? Because the people that are in support of you, that you have relationships with, that want to put their jersey in your, on your back, 
you have to know something. You have to be able to represent them well. You have to become that student of the game you talked about. And so I would say, you know, just not only because you you can see you 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 see people every day that may just benefit off who they know, and they may not be the best candidate, right? You know, and they may not have the the the, the background or what have you, but they've treated people kindly and it's worked in their favor. And so I think you know you really have to have the total package, right? So it is with you know you have to be competent in that job you're pursuing or in the role you currently have, but also understanding that kindness is key, you know, to everything and, and your progression in that. So that's what I would say. I wouldn't completely debunk it, but I would definitely say we need to obviously put the focus on people first and foremost, but never, you know, never succumbing to the fact that, hey, that's just all we need and we'll just kind of ride that wave who we know without really having that hunger and thirst to continue to grow personally, professionally, and spiritually in our walk. I love that. And, um, for me, you know that uh, here at Joy in the Journey, we're all about finding um, that joy. And uh, again, we we all go through trials and, and triumphs, you know, highs and lows here. But if you could step into my shoes, um, what is something that you would have asked yourself that I didn't? Ooh, wee. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> what was I going to ask myself that you didn't? I probably would have asked myself, let's see, have you got your stimulus check yet? And the answer is no. <laughs> That's probably what I would have asked. That's probably what I would have asked. But no, I mean, like, you know, you really have, um, you really have covered it. And I don't, you know, I don't necessarily, you know, think of it as like what could have asked me, so to speak, because you've given me this platform to share that you created, right? So I'm just, if you just asked me what time it was, you know, I'd be thankful for that. <laughs> but I'm not going to, you know, try to, you know, say, hey, well, ask me, you should ask me that, right? I mean, just, I mean, it's all about, I mean, you've done a wonderful, you mean, you, you did a very, I, I, I should be paying you, right, for the warm introduction and all the support. And so I couldn't ask of anything, anything more, but um, yeah, so that's what I would say. You guys going to check yet? Nope. But, uh, you know, we're going to wait on to see what happens. But uh, yeah, other than that, you know, like I said, I'm just, uh, I'm just overjoyed and, and so proud to know you. And like, even going to the, back to the Texas Regional Sports Summit, you know, I'll probably ask me about that. Like, hey, Will, what, what did I do at the Texas Regional Sports Summit that really just shocked you? and just blew you away. Well, I'll tell you, Catherine, since <laughs> you asked, what you did was, so we were in need of some name tags for the credentials because we had some unexpected guests or some got messed up, what have you. I'm thinking, how are we gonna do this? I mean, 20, 30 minutes from the office, we don't have the turnaround time to do it. And you went to your car and pulled out a functional printer, a fully functional operating printer that we plugged up, you know, got everything squared away, print out the badges, they looked great, and the event went seamlessly and they never knew anything about it. So it's kind of like you talk about the iceberg. I think about the duck as well, you know, calm above the surface and, you know, patting like hell, you know, below, below the surface. So I would ask myself about that to kind of put it back on you because that remains uh, the, the, the most awesome thing I've ever seen in event management ever. And that let me know and say, I'm not, I'm not elite at this point. That's another level to become elite having a printer in your car. So there you go. No, you, you are elite. And there's so much that I learned uh, from you and your team that day and was thankful, you know, to be able to build our, our relationship mm -hmm. from there and, and just grow. And so I think that, that that is something else, you know, talking about um, the journey is the people that you meet along the way. Like you said, it, it's all about relationships and um, I'm grateful that, that you have shared your time here with us today and that you've shared a little bit of your journey um, and the ups and downs along the way, you know, a little bit of, of your history there. How best can our listeners connect with you online? 
Yeah, yeah, I'm everywhere but nowhere. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, you know, so, uh, I'm on the social platforms. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at W underscore Bags, uh, B-A-G-G-S. And I'm also, you know, on, on Facebook, Will Baggett. So just look me up, you know, anywhere and I'll be around. Awesome. Well, again, Will, I can't thank you enough. And my, and my last question for you um, yeah. is going to be, what does joy in the journey mean to you? Yeah, so yeah, great question. So I would say for me, having joy in the journey is really, is different from happiness, right? Because happiness can be fleeting. It can be something that is given to you at a certain moment in time because of some great event and some great circumstance or, or the converse of that, something that's negative, something that's not favorable. But being able to still have joy, to still have faith, to still have trust in God, you know, d d despite what may have occurred, that's what joy is all about, right? Because he didn't say we wouldn't have trials and tribulations, we wouldn't go through things, but he said he would never leave us or forsake us and that he would be there with us every step of the way. And so we should find joy in knowing that we have support, that we know someone is going to carry us through our toughest times. And that alone should bring us joy enough to keep going, to keep striving, and to continue to be the best version of ourselves. And the last thing I'll say, I'll kind of relate to this. I've been working on another book. I don't know if I'm ever going to finish it, you know, for about, you know, months now. I haven't picked it up recently and worked on it much. But it's that poem, Footprints in the Sand. And it, it talks about two sets of footprints being in the sand. But through the, the person's most difficult times, there was only one set of footprints in the sand. So he asked God, he said, hey, you know, during my most difficult times, where were you? You weren't walking alongside me. And he said to him, it was at those times that I carried you. And that's what it's all about, is understanding God's going to carry us through. And so be joyful in that, find joy and peace in him, and stay along, stay the course, stay the path, and uh, have joy in the journey all the way. I love that. And it is so true um, without him. And, and that is something that I know you and I connect on. And, and hopefully our listeners tuning in today, you know, really understand that there is, again, you're not alone. We all have our trials and triumphs and you have accomplished so much throughout your entire career, but it, none of it was easy. None of it you did alone. And um, so much of your strength comes from, from him and in your journey continues. Um, we're so excited to continue to watch it. I'm now looking forward to your next book. Um, so hopefully you will find the strength uh, from, from the Lord to be able to finish that. And um, I want to be one of the first ones to read it. So thanks for giving us a little preview there that we have something else coming. Um, but Will, I seriously, I cannot thank you enough for sharing today and for your time. And for all of our listeners, again, out there, thank you all for tuning in. Be sure to connect with Will. Um, and if there is ever a topic or guest you want to hear, please feel free to email me at kbt at katherinebuckley.com and let me know. I am so excited to continue to share with all of you, and I would love to hear from you. Um, so please subscribe, leave us a review, wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. And thank you again, Will, today for sharing your journey. I will be back next Tuesday and look forward to seeing you all then. Mm -hmm.